The following audio is from LaGrange Church of Christ, located in Texas. For more information about LaGrange Church of Christ, please visit our website at www.lagrangecoc.com. Well, grace and peace to you this morning. We're glad that you're here with us. Uh, If you um, have your Bible still open, you can be turning them to Acts chapter 7, Acts chapter 7. And we're going to be continuing our study of the book of Acts this morning, and we want to uh, focus on chapters 6 and 7. And what I want to read is um, the last several verses in chapter 7, beginning in, in verse 54, verse 54. Before this, Stephen has preached a powerful and moving sermon. And this is the conclusion of that sermon and the reaction of the crowd. Now, when they heard these things, they were enraged. And they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. As they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. This week, our our nation witnessed another tragedy. A gunman entered a school in a small town in Oregon and took the lives of innocent people. And this madman purposefully targeted Christians. Of course, this is not the first time something like this has happened in our country. Uh, Christians were targeted earlier this year in South Carolina. And the people who died in Oregon were killed for professing their faith in Jesus. This is a tragic story, and, and we should, as we're praying for, for loss in our own community, we should be praying for the loss of these individuals as well and their families. It is a story that happens far too often in our world. And most of the time when a tragedy like this occurs, the media spends a great amount of time talking about the person who caused it talking about the killer. This week, the sheriff in Oregon refused to say his name. And rather than talking about the killer, much was said about a hero. Chris Mintz is his name. And he risked his life to save the lives of others. This is what happened. When it was apparent there was a shooting taking place, Mintz ran to the library and he pulled all the alarms. Hannah Miles, a fellow student, described Chris's actions. She said, he was telling people to run. 
he actually ran back towards the building where the shooting was. And he ran back into the building. And once he was back in the building, he encountered the shooter. And what he tried to do is he tried to to block the door to keep the gunman from coming in and causing more damage. And as he was doing this, as he was blocking this door, he was shot three times. And after he was shot three times, he tried speaking to the gunman. He said to the gunman, it's my son's birthday. And after that, he was shot two more times. This is an incredible story. And I'm glad there are people like this in the world. I'm thankful for modern day heroes. And at the same time, I'm also intrigued by what causes a person to do something like this. When tragedy strikes, there are people who run away from danger. And there are people who run towards danger. What is the difference between the two? What causes one person to run away and another person to run toward the danger? This fascinates me because as Christians, we are called to live a different life. We are supposed to act like Jesus. We are to be self-sacrificial. That means we're to, you know, put our lives down for the lives of others. We're to think of others before ourselves. We're to love our neighbor. And I could go on and on, but, but this describes how we're supposed to live. And there is a sharp contrast in the world. There are people who do this, and there are people who do not do this. There are people who help the needy, and there are those who just pass on by. How do people become what they are? What makes one person generous and another person stingy? Well, we are not called to be extraordinary heroes. We don't all have to be like Chris Mintz, who is willing to to give his life for the lives of others. Now, that would be nice. Um, It is a virtuous thing that he did. In fact, the Bible says, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. Still, God does not command us to perform extraordinary acts of heroism. Uh, We're not called to make the five o'clock news or the front pages of the paper. But we are called to be ordinary heroes. What is an ordinary hero? Well, it's a person who lives their life in such a way that others look up to them. That others want to be like him or her. And they perform acts of kindness. They help others. They serve wherever they can. Their names may never appear in the marquee lights. They may only be known to a a few select people. But they are individuals who choose to follow a different path and live an ordinary, heroic life. In a famous Foo Fighters song, Dave Grohl sings about his hero. Who is this person? 
What has he done? What makes him a hero? And, and it's kind of got a famous chorus, if you've heard the song, but the chorus builds and builds until the two final words reveal just what kind of hero this is that he's looking up to. And so it goes like this. There goes my hero. Watch him as he goes. There goes my hero. He's ordinary. And as we're hearing a song about a, a hero, we're expecting something great or grand, we're not expecting ordinary. But the hero in his life was someone who was present. It was someone who must have lived a certain way day in and day out. It was someone who was not famous, but was extremely important to the people they came into contact with. This was an ordinary hero. What does an ordinary hero look like? Well, in Acts chapter 6, we're told about seven men who I believe fit the description. So you can look at the first six verses in Acts chapter 6. And it says, Now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parninus, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. And these they set before the apostles, and they prayed, and they laid their hands on them. These seven are, are usually referred to as the first deacons. And the word deacon comes from the Greek word diakonos, which means servant. And so when we encounter this word in scripture, there's, there's kind of two types of deacons. There are deacons who serve in an official capacity. But at the same time, we're all called to be diakonos. We're all called to be servants. In fact, Jesus says in Mark 10 and verse 45, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And when Jesus talks about the kingdom, one of the things he says on several occasions is this, For the last shall be first, and the first shall be last. And so serving is sort of the basis for what we do as Christians. We are here, our mission is to serve others. We're here to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. And Jesus lays out his mission there in Mark 10, 45. It was his mission to serve. An ideal church is one where everybody is busy serving. We serve each other. We serve people in our community. We serve the poor. We serve whoever will let us serve them. And if we're not busy serving somebody, then we're not doing the work of the church. But what does it take to serve well? You may think that there wouldn't be any qualifications for serving. 
But that's not the case. It's possible to serve poorly. You know, a person could serve with a poor attitude. Uh, They may not give it their best. There are all kinds of things that uh, can make serving go wrong. And so in order to serve right, our text here in Acts chapter 6 says that a person must be full of the Holy Spirit. What does this mean? Well, sometimes in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit is associated with the miraculous. Sometimes uh, people are healed or, or miracles are performed. But in this passage, miracles are not the issue. This is a passage about serving. A person does not have to have miraculous capabilities in order to serve. So what do they need? Well, I think Paul gives us a good idea in Galatians 5. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And so we serve well when we love. We serve well when we have joy in our hearts. We serve well when we are patient, kind, and gentle. And so this is why being full of the Spirit is necessary for serving well. It sets our serving apart from others. It makes the serving that we do meaningful. And this is what it means to be an ordinary hero. When we serve while displaying the fruit of the Spirit, people are going to notice. And we will make a difference in the lives of the people that we serve. We will become ordinary heroes to the people that we help. And this is what it takes. If you look at Acts chapters 6 and 7, it's an, it's an interesting study. The, the, the two chapters go well together. Um, The main character is a man named Stephen. But it begins with this story of a few people who are chosen to serve others. And if you think about it, this story really just doesn't stand out. It is ordinary. It describes something that we're all supposed to be doing. But then you take this ordinary story and it leads into another story where Stephen boldly proclaims the gospel to the Jewish council and to the high priests. And so at one moment, Stephen is this ordinary servant. He's full of the Holy Spirit. Um, he's, He's helping people who are in need. And the next moment, he's in front of a hostile crowd testifying to what he knows to be true. And so at one moment, Stephen is serving meals, and the next moment, he's being martyred for what he believes in. Stephen goes from being an ordinary hero to an extraordinary one in just a few verses. We're not called to be extraordinary heroes. But when we live our lives as ordinary heroes, you never know what's going to happen. You never know what God has in store for you. 
But one thing I, I do know is that you must live your life as an ordinary hero before you become an extraordinary one. Heroes don't just happen. You don't just wake up one day and decide that you're going to be a hero and end up on the five o'clock news. It doesn't work that way. You have to live a certain way day in and day out. And it takes training. It's a commitment to a certain lifestyle. Now, if you were to ask me who my heroes are, I would probably list some people that you've never heard of. And these are people who are dear to me, people who have never had their names mentioned in the headlines. They are what I would describe as ordinary heroes. But if you press me a little further, then I may mention some names that you're familiar with. And so from time to time, there are people who make the news that impress me. People whom I would consider to be heroic. Uh, One of those people is Dr. Kent Brantley. And you're probably familiar with that name. Uh, I mentioned him before. He was Time's Person of the Year. And in fact, we, uh, we prayed for Dr. Brantley as a congregation when he contracted Ebola. He's an incredible human being. He has this amazing story. But if you listen to him speak, he seems quite ordinary. Dr. Brantley studied ministry at ACU. But then he went on to get a medical degree. And after graduation, he could have, you know, began his own practice and lived rather comfortably here in America. But he had a heart for serving others. And so he wanted to do something else. And he decided to go to Africa and serve the people there. And while he was in Africa, Ebola broke out. He had to make another decision. He could have returned home. You know, he could have protected his family, protected himself. But he chose to say and he chose to help the people of Africa who were sick with this Ebola virus. And while he was doing this, Dr. Brantley became sick. He came down with Ebola, one of the deadliest diseases known to man. Most people who get it do not survive. But that's not all. That's, that's the story most of us are familiar with. But, but there's more to the story. While Dr. Brantley was was sick and while he was being treated, a second American contracted Ebola, a nurse that he was friends with. And there was this experimental drug, but they only had enough for one person. And so they approached Dr. Brantley about what to do, and he instructed them to give that medicine to the nurse, this medicine that could save his life. Now, when he was later asked about all this, you know, it would have been easy for him to play the hero card. He could have said something like, well, you know, of course I gave it to her. I wanted to save her life. And he could have bragged about what he did and no one would have ever questioned it. We would have just went along and and talked about how great an individual he is. But that's not what he did. Instead, he said he didn't remember the conversation. He said that he was sick and medicated, and he really doesn't recall much of what was happening during that time. 
So what made him do it? Well, he has an explanation for that. What he, what he says, what impacted his decision that day was not a conscious choice to be heroic, but a decision a long time ago to live for Christ. And so because he chose to serve, because he was walking in step with the Spirit, he made an heroic decision that he does not even recall. That is what being a hero is all about. What makes a person a hero? What makes one person act one way and another person act another way? Well, the answer is in the daily decisions a person makes. Are you a person who chooses to serve those around you? Do you help your neighbor? Do you visit the sick? Do you feed the hungry? Heroes are people who choose to serve. But it's not just serving, as our text in Acts 6 says. It's about how one serves. It's about doing it joyfully and with kindness and gentleness. Of course, our goal is not to become some extraordinary hero. Our goal is to be like Jesus. Our goal is to be an ordinary hero to the people that we see each day. We are to be like like the people that we read about at the beginning of Acts chapter 6. We are to dedicate our lives to serving others and be full of the Spirit. And this is a life that we're called to. The world that we live in is not always pretty. Uh, We saw this this last week, and we're likely to see it again soon. However, we don't need the news to tell us this. Because we see it in our everyday lives. We see it at work. We see it at school. We see it when we go out, maybe to the store or to a restaurant. Uh, Trouble is all around us. We know that we live in a fallen world. And what this world desperately needs is some ordinary heroes who are willing to serve and who are willing to act gracefully in a culture that is in need of grace. This world needs Christians. Your neighbors need you. Your community needs you. Your enemies need you. They need you to step into their lives and to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And this is what Acts chapter 6 is all about. We have the ability to serve. And to do it in in a way that reflects our Savior Jesus. It's not difficult. But it does take a conscious effort on our part. So will you do it? Will you be like Stephen and the others who dedicated themselves to serving? Will you follow in the footsteps of Jesus and be an ordinary hero to the people that you meet? Let's pray. Father, we live in a a hurting world.
We live in a world that desperately needs you. And we're amazed, Father, that you work through earthen vessels. That you work through us, even though that we're frail and imperfect. But help us to remember this amazing fact as we go out into the world. Help us to remember that you are using us to bring people to you and to glorify uh, your name in this community. May we go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus. May we go out and do the wonderful things that we read about here in the book of Acts and do it all in the name of Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen.